0: Hey guys, Pastor Scott here. Day four of our Christmas Advent reading. Uh, Today, uh, we're gonna be starting in Genesis chapter 17, verses 15 through 21. Again, uh, day four of our Christmas reading. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, reading through the things concerning himself, and I hope you've got your copy printed off. If not, you can just follow along with me Uh, either way. But tonight, we're going to start first in Genesis 17, verses 15 through 21. And the title for tonight is New Names and a New Son. Here we go. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her. And moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her. And she shall become nations, kings, uh, kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall, Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, no, but Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son and you shall call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father 12 princes and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. When our solution isn't, sometimes we can get tired of waiting on God to work and we decide to take matters into our own hands. After all, we might be thinking something like, maybe God is going to fulfill his promise through my creative problem solving. But as is often the case This type of solution turns out not to solve anything. That is exactly what we see happening with Abraham and Sarah. God had promised Abraham that God was going to give him a son, but this didn't seem to be happening. And his wife, Sarah, kept getting older and older. And this is what happened in chapter 16. We can only imagine the disappointment, frustration, or anger Sarah may have been experiencing. God had promised to give her husband a kid and she just wasn't getting pregnant. What was she to do? In her case, she took matter in her own hands and told Abraham to have a baby with her servant, Hagar, Hagar, but this didn't fix it. Sure. God gave Hagar a baby, but that wasn't what God had in mind. And really, how could it be? Abraham had a wife and God promised him a child. Surely, he meant the child to come from his wife. Narrowing and expanding. When we get to chapter 17, God renews the covenant he had made with Abraham that we saw earlier. First, he gives him a new name. His old name, Abram, meant exalted father. Let's pause for a minute and recognize the irony here. Up to this point, Abram had lived 99 years with a name that means father and did not have any children. Imagine how much he must have been made fun of. And then, to make it worse, God changed his name to something even more ironic and renamed him Abraham, which means father of a multitude. God had promised him a son, and he had gotten one, but not the way God had wanted God then deals with Abraham so graciously and narrows his promise to let him know that the son that he is going to carry on his line will be from his wife, Sarah. This is where God brings Sarah into the covenant as well. To make this clear, God changes her name too. Before this time, she was called Sarah, but God changes it to Sarah. The reason for this is a little unclear since they are just different forms of the same word, but most people think that the distinction has to do with the fact that she is going to be a princess to a nation and not just to Abraham. So we can see it narrowing to Isaac, but expanding to include Sarah. However, This is not the only expansion we see in this passage. God tells Abraham that the covenant he is making with Isaac is going to be an everlasting covenant. This should get us thinking bigger than lands and families to something way bigger. Of course, Abraham wouldn't know this at the time. But as we look back, we can see that God is not just planning for something here on earth, but on on a covenant that will last forever forever. So as we reflect, so how does this affect the way that, how does this affect the way we are looking forward to the birth of Jesus? We need to pause and reflect on the fact that God is a good God who can be trusted. We can have the confidence that God is always going to keep his promises, even when it looks impossible. Our God is a God who does the impossible I'm thankful for that. When I talk to my kids about miracles, the author says, we talk about how a miracle is something only God can do. Not only is he the only one capable of working miracles, but it is also the way he seems to work best. This way we can know for sure that it was God who did it. That is exactly what we see here. Abraham was 99 years old, y'all, 99 years old, y'all. And his wife was 90. They tried their whole lives to have children, but couldn't do it. Having kids for them was going to be impossible. But when God makes a promise, even to accomplish the impossible, he will fulfill it. And just like that, God was able to give a baby to an old married woman like Sarah. He, listen this, He is the only one who can give a baby to a young unmarried woman like Mary. We need to apply this to our lives as well. When we look around us today, it might seem like God isn't in control. It might seem like bad stuff is all around us and nothing good can come from it. But, and I love the but, but we need not let that keep us from trusting God to work the impossible. Man, I hope you all have a great day. This is day four of our Christmas Advent reading. Y'all have a blessed night. Bye.